Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with improvements to your home, whether they're decor, home improvement, maintenance, remodeling, whatever is on your project list. We'd love to chat about it at 888-MONEY-PIT, or you can post your question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. Hope you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We're just uh, rolling past that now and heading straight into uh, the Christmas season. If you've got some projects you're trying to tackle to uh, get done around your house before the next horde of relatives show up, (laughs) give us a call. Great things to talk about here at 888-MONEY-PIT. Coming up on the program this hour, if you've got a plan for keeping your family safe during extreme weather, that is great. But have you thought about how to keep your finances safe and accessible when you need them most? We're going to have some advice on how to tackle that challenge in just a bit. Is it stuffing your mattress with $100 bills? (laughs) Probably not the wisest financial advice. All right. All right. I feel like that's what my grandma does. Probably right. It's very true. She has, I swear to God, she gives these $100 bills that are like the old $100 bills on holidays. And we're all like, where did this come from? So you never know. She could be onto something. Plus this hour, guys, how cool would it be if your house was so energy efficient, it not only made enough of its own electricity to power the entire home, it also makes so much extra that you could either sell it back to the utility company or better yet, donate it to low-income neighbors who are in need to help power their homes. That's a great idea. Well, we're going to tell you about a guy who did just that and how you can create a positive energy home too. And also ahead this hour, when you vacuum your house, do you find that you are pig pen from the peanut series, you know, leaving a cloud of dust behind? Well, if you are, your vacuum could be losing suction due to a clogged filter or even a simply a full vacuum bag. We're going to tell you how to make sure that all of that dirt isn't escaping out the back end of your machine as fast as you're scooping it up. So give us a call right now. We're here to help you with your how-to and decor questions at 888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Larry in Ohio is on the line with a heating question. How can we help you? Uh, yes, uh, I've got a house. It's 6,000 square foot. And they divided the utilities up into two separate houses. And uh, right now, I have a hot water tank that we use all the time. And I have a hot water tank that sits on the side that the kitchen is on that is only used for the dishwasher. And I'm wondering, if, would I be better off to get me a tankless hot water tank or just deal with the electric. I got an electric 50-gallon one. I don't know which one would be more cost-efficient. So you, the only thing that you're using that water heater for on that side of the house is the dishwasher, and that's a 50-gallon water heater? Yes. Wow. Well, like, it, like I say, this house was actually set up to be a bed at breakfast. If the only thing that water heater is serving is the dishwasher, and there's no way to get that dishwasher fed off of the other water heater, you just need a very small water heater for that dishwasher. And I mean like a 20-gallon electric or something like that, really small, because there's really not much water that it needs to heat. And it would be foolish to have it heating, you know, 50 gallons, 40 gallons of water 24-7 when you really don't need it except to wash dishes and I presume to run the kitchen sink. So a very small electric water heater, perhaps even on a timer so that it only kicks on 
uh, maybe in the evening hours when you're using that dishwasher um, would be the smart thing to do there and the least uh, expensive way to both uh, install the new water heater and to run the new water heater. Okay? Okay. Uh, actually, there's two bathrooms that are also hooked to this, but, you know, it's just the idea right now we're not using it. We've got two bathrooms on the other side of the house, too. Okay, well, that's different. That's different. If you have two bathrooms, full bathrooms? Yes, full bathrooms. Well, then, then <laughs> okay, so that's different. If there's a full two full bathrooms, I'd asked you if it was just the, the, the dishwasher, and you said yes, but if it's two full bathrooms on it, then you do need a larger water heater. And um, again, I would probably recommend, if you're not using it that often, I'd probably recommend an electric water heater in that situation Okay. on a timer. But you'll probably need more like a 40-gallon. Actually, on the tankless ones, I've noticed a different amount of water per minute. Yeah, well, but you you have gas. Do you have natural gas? I've got propane. You have propane? Well, you could use a tankless water heater. The installation cost will be a lot higher. It does deliver you, deliver you 24-7 endless supplies of hot water. Except in that side of house, again, you're not really using those bathrooms that much. That's not as big of a concern to you. That's why I'm suggesting a minimum inexpensive electric water heater for that. You know, at least you'll maintain your home value because if you didn't have adequate an adequate water heater to supply those two bathrooms plus the dishwasher, your home value would suffer. Um, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend you put in a you know fifteen hundred dollar tankless because I just don't think it's going to be cost effective for you. Okay, that's what, that was my big question right there. Would it be cost effective? All right, Larry. Hope that helps. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Cynthia from South Dakota on the line who's got a question about a firewall. Tell us what you're working on. I have an old house, and I've been ripping out the plaster walls. And I found along this one wall through the whole entire house is this pretty durable and tough plaster board stuff. And I was wondering if that is a firewall, because that seems to be where all the cold air returns and stuff are, and if I should or should not rip it out. And if I do rip it out... Is there a certain kind of drywall that I should use there? Where is this wall located exactly? It could have been on the outside of the house at one point, but it's like right under the furnace. Well, first of all, the only place that you typically would have a firewall, in other words, a fire-rated wall with a certain rating, is between the garage and the house. All the other walls and ceilings inside the homes are, are usually have traditional half-inch drywall. If it's uh, an exterior, an interior exterior wall, an inside surface of an exterior wall, like a garage wall, then you would use a five-eighths inch thick fire-rated drywall. But all of the other places in the house, you'd have a regular, regular plasterboard. I'm sorry, sorry regular uh, drywall. Okay. Have you ever seen this plasterboard before? Well, sure. Now, how old is the house? I believe it was built in 1896. See, there's there's different stages of wall construction. In 1896, you would have had something called wood lath. So there would be wood strips on the wall and then plaster put on top of that. Yep, I, I saw most of the walls. and But this one particular wall, which could have been an outside wall at one point, I'm not sure exactly. It seems it's like in two in, two foot. Yeah. Okay. So that's a later that's a later addition. And and what they did with that is, when they stopped using wood lath, they started using uh, rock lath or or uh, like a, let, you would think of sheetrock in those two foot wide strips. They put that on and then cover that with wet plaster. So that's just a, a more modern version of the way walls were construction. So it went from from wood lath to rock lath to sheetrock. That's essentially the, the the progression of wall construction over roughly the last hundred years. Okay. Well, thank you. A little lesson on building history. Hope that clears it up for you, Cynthia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit.
You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. What projects are on your to-do list? We would love to help. Call in your home repair or your home improvement question 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, right here at one 888 Pit, or post it to the Money Pit's community page. Coming up, if a weather emergency happens, you've got a lot to take care of, so it's smart to make sure your money can take care of itself. We've got some high and low-tech ways to protect your assets, your liquid cash, and your bill paying when severe weather strikes next. You live in a body pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by Filtreat Vacuum Bags, Belts, and Filters. Help reduce dust and allergens in your home and keep your vacuum running smoothly to keep your fresh home happening. Available online and at retailers nationwide. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, with all the cooking that's going on these days for the holidays, it truly is the busiest time of year. Nope, not for you. It's for the plumbers, you guys. And one of those projects that they are frequently tackling is a garbage disposer that's just stopped working. Well, if you've already fished the spoon out of the disposer or whatever else caused it to jam, but now the disposal won't turn on, here's a quick tip. Don't grind your teeth. It's probably just an automatic shutoff. These are reset buttons that you'll find located at the bottom of the unit. After you safely remove anything that's stuck inside, you want to make sure the power is off and then press the reset button and then turn the power back on. I suspect it will magically begin to work once again. A lot of folks don't realize that these disposers do have sort of a miniature circuit breaker built into them via that reset button. And once you reset it, uh, you're good to go again. All right, now we've got Kurt in North Carolina on the line who's working on a restoration. Tell us about the project. I've got uh, two-by-six floor joists spanning 15 feet, and I'd like to know if I rip some three-quarter-inch plywood and sister it up against the two-by-sixes and glue and screw it, if that would be sufficient. My crawl space has six vents under the floor, and I want to seal them up. I read it doesn't need uh, cross ventilation. It's kind of old school, and I'd put six mil poly on the ground. 
your thoughts, please. All right. Well, first of all, in terms of uh, beefing up the floor joists, sistering the floor joists by doubling them, I don't necessarily think I would use plywood on them. I would double them. Would it be flimsy? Well, I mean, it may not be flimsy, but the thing is, if you want to sister a floor joist and help support it, you need to go from bearing point to bearing point. So if it's going from a girder to an exterior wall, the sister beam has to go to the same length. You know, another thing that you could do, Kurt, is you could run another girder at the midpoint of that 15 feet from end to end. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to be has to be as strong as the main girder for the house because you're really just taking the flex out of it. So if you poured a small footing underneath it, you know, and just got something in there to kind of stiffen the floor, that would take the bounce out. Right. Yeah, I thought about that on the uh, main floor, but my second story, I didn't want to you know, like put a glue lamb in. I only have like seven feet, five inches to ceiling height. I understand. So, you know, doubling them is a solution as well as using a mid-span girder. All right, sir. I appreciate the information. You're welcome, Kurt. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. All right. Now we've got Jackie in Colorado on the line who's dealing with some issues from a sink drain. What's going on? Stuff is only supposed to go down, right? Yeah, it's supposed (laughs) to. Uh, The only time I have trouble with it is when I use my washing machine that's connected to the same same line as my sink. And the old timers put uh, put it out in an open well. And so the only time I have trouble with is when the washing machine drains, then it bubbles back into my sink, and then when the water finally goes out, I get this gray water smell. So you have a gray water drain. When you say it goes to a well, you don't mean a drinking well. You mean a gray water well? It's just an old well that they dug, and they used it to as a drain, like, it's not a septic tank. Okay, so yeah, it's a, it's called a gray water. It's called a gray water drain, and so you're getting odor back in. So the reason you're getting odor is because you need an additional trap in the system before that line goes out to the well that you're calling it. There should be an additional trap. Now the trap is a U-shaped pipe, the same that you might see under your sink. And the idea of the trap is it lets the water drain one way, but stops the gases, the odor that you're getting from coming back in. And so if they didn't put a trap in that line, that's why you're getting the odor. The fact that you have the washing machine and the sink on the same line is not exactly legal, but it's also not unusual. (laughs) And so I'm not going to tell you to change that, but you absolutely do need a trap in there. Otherwise, who knows what kind of gases you're going to bring back in from the soil. And if you do that, that should solve that problem once and for all. Okay, Jackie? Okay. All right. See if I can get that done then. All right, Jackie. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, it's truly been a rough year for storms here in the United States, and it got us thinking. You know, we're vulnerable in emergency weather situations, and most of us take steps to protect our homes and our families, but what about protecting our money? You know, making sure that your money and important documents also get through the storm really does take some planning as well. It does. So start by keeping your financial records and documents in one safe place. There are, of course, a wide variety of safes and lockboxes that are out there for protecting against heat 
heat and water, and they come small enough to be carried out of your home in a hurry. Now, if those records include electronic files, you need to make sure you're buying the right type of lockbox, one that stays below 150 degrees, even in a fire. Otherwise, the electronics will be ruined. So if you've got uh, files on USB sticks or uh, CDs or DVDs, you want to make sure that you're using a lockbox that is designed for electronic records. Yeah, I mean, that's really important to consider as well. Now, the other thing is I think so much are doing a lot of our banking online. And if you're not, those smartphone apps really can help you bank when you don't have any access to your filing cabinet or your computer. So go ahead and download any apps for your bank, your lenders, business partners, whatever, so that those payments can go on uninterrupted. And so your crucial financial information can be easily accessed in case of a storm or an emergency. And while you're at it, you might want to download FEMA's phone app. This app is actually really well done. I was very impressed by it. And it can update you on emergency response and recovery in your area. It delivers alerts from the National Weather Service. So you always know what the weather is in your exact location. There's also a disaster reporter feature that lets you upload and share photos of damage and the recovery effort. And it's got maps of disaster resources. It will tell you uh, where you can get open shelters, where the recovery centers are, things like that. And it even allows you to easily apply for disaster assistance right from the app. So that is on the uh, FEMA.gov website. So check it out. William in Tennessee, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Well, I've got a wood stove in my living room. And uh, I have my stove pipe coming out the back through an elbow. Going straight up about five or six feet, and I got another 90-degree elbow, and it's going through the wall, through an insulated piece of stovepipe to the outside, and then another 90-degree bend and going up about four or five feet uh, to my to the cap, pop at the part. You have three 90-degree bends in the wood stovepipe? One, two, yeah, got three in it. And uh, what's happening is... Uh, um, right behind my wood stove, I have a big three-by-six-foot plate glass window that's framed in. And we're getting some leakage of black creosote liquid. Uh, it's, it's condensation or water of some type. It's got creosote in it that is actually dripping down and running down the inside of the frame of the window. So the leak is in the is inside the wall somewhere, and uh, I have sealed and done everything that I possibly can, and uh, I, I don't know how to stop this leak or what could be causing it or where to go from this point. So does the pipe uh, exit the wall above the window? Yes, it does. Just above the window to the left. All right. Well, see, here's what could be happening. First of all, I really don't like the fact that you've got three 90-degree bends in this stovepipe. That's a lot of resistance to kind of overcome. And also, uh, with the three 90-degree bends, that pipe has lots of time to cool. And so the cooler the pipe it gets, the more condensation you get. As the condensation forms inside the pipe, it basically washes down the pipe, comes out the seams of the pipe, and carries away all of the charcoal debris that's inside the pipe with it. So that's probably the source and I, I, I guess what I would be more tempted to do, it's not so much the kind of thing where you're finding a leak. I'd be more tempted to replace my stovepipe with uh, at least a double wall pipe that was insulated because then you're not going to have that difference in temperature 
and it will you you would you will never have any of those kinds of condensation issues and it'll be a lot safer too my concern with that pipe is it's really hard to clean and every time you have a 9 degree bend in a pipe William that's equivalent resistance wise to 20 foot of straight pipe wow so i might be I might be better off just running that thing straight up through the roof rather than taking it out the side of the house. That's the best thing to do with, with an insulated pipe, a, a triple-walled insulated pipe straight up through the roof and out without all those bends. Just make sure you're following the National Fire Protection Association guidelines for this. Get it inspected, and I think you're going to be a lot happier with it. William, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Up next, how cool would it be if your house was so energy efficient it not only made enough of its own electricity to power the entire home, but it also makes so much extra you could either sell that back to the utility company or better yet, donate it to low-income neighbors in need. We're going to introduce you to a guy who did just that and learn how you can create your own positive energy home after this. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by ADT. Home isn't just a place, it's a feeling. The feeling that you're safe to enjoy the things that matter most. ADT lets you take that feeling with you. Learn more at ADT.com. ADT, home safe home. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. You know, imagine living in a home that was so energy efficient, it not only made all the energy it needs to consume, it actually makes more and enables you to donate the excess to those in need. 
Well, for many that see large energy bills every month, that might sound like a distant dream. But it's all possible and good for both you, your community, and the environment with a positive energy home. And that's exactly what our next guest did for his family. John Livermore is the founder of Healthy Home, Healthy Planet, and he educates homeowners about how they can turn their homes into mini power plants that not only zero out energy bills, but give back to the community as well. Welcome, John. Thanks for having me, Tom. Thank you, Leslie. You've pretty much invented the term positive energy home. I think if if we're familiar with this term at all, typically we hear about zero energy homes, that, that their goal is to really just make enough so that they don't have to buy more from the utility companies. But you've now found a way to take that a step further, and you've actually constructed the very first positive energy home in the state of Massachusetts. How did you get started with this? Well, really, a few years ago, I was a single dad with with two young daughters, and I started to think about what kind of world we're leaving to our children and my personal responsibility for that world. And I realized then that I needed to really take some significant action. So I set out on this journey to renovate our home, to eliminate our home's carbon footprint, and we ended up turning our home into a positive energy producer and became, as you said, the first positive energy renovated home in the state of Massachusetts. And really the home just simply creates more energy than it uses on an annual basis. That's really interesting. What do you do with all that extra energy? Are you banking it for future use in the house? I mean, or truly, can you give it out to the community? Well, we actually have some um, uh, amazing non-energy benefits. One of those is that we are able to give back to the community. So on Earth Day, we were able to donate $1,000 worth of our banked electricity to two families um, that were struggling to pay their own electric bills. Now, John, um, we've often heard that if you make more energy than you need, such as with solar panels, for example, that you could sell, quote-unquote, the energy back to the utility company. Is that still possible, or is this banking option uh, the only way to really distribute that extra energy? So right now in Massachusetts and in a lot of states around the country, there's what's called net metering. So when you produce more energy than you're using in your house, you can feed those electrons back into the grid, um, and then they credit you one for one for that electricity that you've fed back to the grid. So you don't get paid for it, but you do bank it, and then you can decide what you want to do with it, whether you want to donate it to um, you know, a family in need or your neighbor. Um, so you have options. That's so cool. Theoretically, Leslie, you could make the meter spin backwards. <laughs> really is amazing. And I think a lot of homeowners, I know myself included, are thinking, you know, this really sounds like a dream come true because power is so expensive. Everybody knows this. Now, as a homeowner, where do you start? Because it definitely could seem overwhelming to just sort of jump right in. Sure. Well, there's a saying, uh, what gets measured gets managed. So, you know, if you ask someone on the street what their home's carbon footprint is, they'll probably look at you with a blank stare because we don't normally measure this stuff. So a really important first step is to quantify how much carbon pollution our home is producing so we have a baseline to work from. Um, our website, healthyhomehealthyplanet.org, has several carbon footprint calculators, and folks can take just a few minutes, enter some basic information, and the calculator will tell them how much carbon pollution their home is emitting every year. Yeah, absolutely. We're talking to John Livermore. He constructed the very first positive energy home in the state of Massachusetts, essentially constructing a building or renovating a building, I should say, that, that, that uses less energy than it 
actually makes. And therefore, he's able to bank that extra energy and, in his case, donate it to families that were in need. Other options include metering it right back to the utility company and getting a credit for all that extra energy. Now, John, what kinds of improvements did you make to your house? What were the most important ones? And and what do you tell folks that are trying to decide uh, how to prioritize these uh, different types of improvements? Sure. Well, uh, the main things that we did were we super insulated the walls, attic and basement. We upgraded our windows and installed a solar electric system and also a solar hot water system. And, yeah, Tom, there are so many products available, um, options available to consumers to improve their energy performance of their homes, but we really need to understand how these products and systems interact with one another in the home. Um, So instead of just making decisions based on our gut feelings, um, I think we really need to engage the assistance of a third-party energy professional who's well-versed in residential building science. So you really want to hire a certified home energy rater uh, or a HERS rater who will do an on-site consultation, produce a report for you listing recommended energy improvements, and then prioritizing them by return on investment. Can the raters also suggest to you that perhaps your home is, is a good candidate for solar energy or wind energy or any other type of alternative energy system that you should consider? They can absolutely do that, and they should be doing that. Now, if you wanted to hire a professional, John, to, to kind of help you with this process, aside from the raider itself, are there contractors that specialize in building uh, these positive energy homes now? Is it starting to become more popular? Because I find that a lot of contractors don't always understand why they're putting the insulation down. They just know they're supposed to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, There are more and more professionals who are understanding what a zero energy or a positive energy home is and how to create them. Um, And my advice to listeners is to really hire a professional with some experience who's done this before. Um, And a really useful online resource for finding an experienced professional is the Zero Energy Project. Also, you want to be sure to tap into all federal and state tax incentives and utility rebates to reduce your project costs. Now, John, what have been some of the most valuable lessons that you've learned in this entire process of taking on this positive energy home? Well, that's a great question, Leslie. Um, You know, I I say sometimes when you're out on the cutting edge, you get cut. But (laughs) we were able to minimize the bleeding uh, with good pre-renovation planning. But still, there are three things that we would do differently if we were doing the project again today. Um, We decided not to take the outside siding off um, because we didn't want to dump it into the landfill, but that made attaching the outside wall trusses a lot more challenging. So we would have done that differently. Uh, We would definitely use ductless mini-split heat pump technology. Uh, Today, our new mantra is electrify end uses and decarbonize the electric grid, or in in other words, use electricity for all of our energy needs and then produce that electricity from 100% renewable sources like solar. And finally, uh, we really want to get an electric car, uh, so we wish we had installed enough solar panels to power an electric vehicle. Oh, interesting. So basically, produce as much solar electricity as, I guess, your building's um, physical size would allow, right? Because some of us are limited by how much roof space we have and, and you know what trees are in the neighborhood and direct sunlight patterns and that sort of thing. That's exactly right. We installed as much as we could um, we wish we had more roof space so we could power that uh, nice new electric car that we uh, that we want to get. Any plans to start uh, laying out solar panels next to the kids' swing set in the backyard? 
<laughs> well, you know, Tom, I've thought about that. <laughs> I bet you have. <laughs> or swing-powered energy. That's something yeah. next. Work on that. There you go. All right. John Livermore, thank you so much for stopping by the Money Bit. It's a fantastic story. Good luck um, with uh, your work to promote positive energy homes. It seems like it makes a lot of sense. If you'd like to follow along uh, with John's work, take a look at his website. It is healthyhomehealthyplanet.org. Healthy home, healthy planet. Thanks, John. Thanks so much for having me. All right. Thanks so much, John. Just ahead, when you vacuum your house, could you be leaving a cloud of dust behind? You know, your vacuum could be losing suction simply due to a clogged filter or a vacuum bag that you're really just not paying attention to. We're going to tell you how to make sure all that dirt isn't escaping out the back end of your machine as fast as you're scooping it up. Next. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Arrow Fastener. Sign up for Arrow's exciting 10 weeks of awesome sweepstakes at arrowfastener.com. Each week, Arrow is giving away $1,000 cash and 100 hand tools. Enter the 10 weeks of awesome today at arrowfastener.com. No purchase necessary. Arrow, how it all comes together. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone, give us a call right now with your how-to or decor question at 888-MONEY-PIT or post it to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com. So, Leslie, you know, we've gotten many questions on the show about wildlife over the years. And uh, just this past week, I'm sitting in my office and I'm hearing this tap, 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 tap. I'm thinking, what the heck is that? We never get woodpeckers here. I mean, ever, you know. And so I go outside and sure enough, we had a woodpecker. It was going after my siding. That's so crazy. <laughs> yep. And I caught I caught him red handed. So uh, I scared him off. And then I went up there near the window and I actually um, took a, a hefty bag, one of those big black uh, trash bags and cut some um, some strips of plastic out of it. And I kind of tied it off and let it hung out the window near where he was uh, doing his work. And, and Did that it actually work? Him it did. It stopped him from coming back. I don't know where he went. But then um, as I was walking around my property, ha- having had this experience, I started looking at my trees and I noticed that some of the trees had these horizontal holes that were evenly spaced about two inches apart, about maybe three quarters of an inch in diameter, but four or five holes in a row. And sure enough, it was woodpecker damage on the trees. So apparently it had been there for a while, but I wasn't hearing him when he was in the trees. When he went after the siding outside my window, I caught him. <laughs> You can't time. miss that sound. Can't miss that sound. So, uh, so yeah, that's um, that was an interesting experience for us because I know many of you have had this, but uh, but we hadn't. So you should know that we uh, followed our own advice and, and and took the same steps, and and it did work. <laughs> I mean, and it's just so interesting. It's like the ugliest of fixes work the best with the woodpeckers. Yep, exactly. It's like if it's obnoxious, they're not going to like it. <laughs> it's good. That's right. It works. Well, now that the holiday season has officially arrived, I think we all tend to do a lot more cleaning. But when you use a vacuum cleaner to suck up the dirt from your floors and the carpets, even your couches, you want to be confident that that same dirt isn't being piped right back into the house that you've just cleaned. But that's exactly what could happen if you're not maintaining that vacuum. Now, your full vacuum bag, a clogged filter, or simply something like a broken belt, that can reduce suction and leave all those allergens and dust behind. 
Yeah, even if that belt is sort of stretched out, you know, it, it may not be turning the vacuum as efficiently as it should be. So that's why it's a good idea to make sure those parts are always replaced. So if you want to avoid it, I would always recommend using a good quality vacuum bag. Filtreat has one that we use that's called the Ultra Allergen Vacuum Bag. It's really good because it helps trap particles that are about like 75 times smaller than a human hair. It pretty much covers just about all the household dust that we create, sort of the dust mite debris, the pet dander, the grass, even ragweed pollen. It will basically block it down to about three microns, which is pretty tiny. So that's a really effective way to make sure your vacuum cleaner is much more efficient simply by changing the bag with a good quality bag like that ultra allergen product from Filtrate. Yeah, now you should plan to replace your filtrate vacuum bags about every one to two months of course depending on how much you vacuum the filter should be changed or cleaned every three to six months and the belt should be changed out once a year now if you do this you're going to help your vacuum maintain peak performance and really achieve the best indoor air quality for you and your family yeah because you don't want to breathe that dust that the vacuum has picked up it's just kind of gross if you want to learn more about these products, you can go to cleanandcooksupply.com slash filtrate. 3M and filtrate are trademarks of the 3M company used by Electrolux home care products under license. Still ahead, here's a winning combination, tailgating and warmth. Sound impossible? Well, it's not. We're going to share the details when the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show returns after this. You live in a money pit. Making good homes better. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, what's on your fall fix-up to-do list? Post your home decor or improvement question to the Money Pit's community page at moneypit.com or call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. All right, Dustin posted his question from Bonita Springs, Florida. I just bought a new range, and now my other kitchen appliances are looking a little tired, even though they've got plenty of use left in them. Is it possible to paint those major appliances? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's important that you use the right kind of finish. Um, there are finishes that are designed for appliances. They're usually epoxy-based. And they take a lot longer to dry, so just be ready for that. But you basically want to disconnect the appliance, you know, bring it out into an area that you can work on it, like if it's the range, you know, pull it out maybe out of the house, because you are going to have to spray paint this. You do not want to brush paint it. It looks like heck. Oh, it would look bad. And it, once, it's, yeah, once it's really clean and good to go, you can start spray painting that finish with very light coats of that epoxy paint. Give it a few hours to dry, hit it with a second coat, and I'll tell you, you'll be really impressed with how durable that finishes. I did that to a vent fan once for my kitchen. It probably lasted 10 years. You know, cleaned it all the time, never wore off, looked fantastic. So painting is possible to get those appliances looking great. All right, good tip. Well, for many of us, it's the most wonderful time of the year, football season. But before you head outside to cheer on your favorite team this winter, you want to make sure your tailgate is poised for victory. Leslie has tips for winning tailgates in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. Yeah, you know, 40% of tailgaters spend more than 
five hours pre-gaming. Five hours. But in that five hours, it probably only takes a few minutes to discover how cold it can get. (laughs) And truly, football fans know it can get pretty cold out there. So you can put all that suffering behind you this season by adding warmth to your tailgating party. Now, open flames, they're too dangerous. And portable patio heaters like those you've seen at those open-air restaurants, they can work well and they can run on propane and they'll warm up a very good-sized area, practically good enough for a tailgating party. So you want to make sure that your tailgate tools are always at the ready. Outfit an old toolbox with non-perishable tailgate essentials like your tongs, sunscreen, because even in the winter you can get a sunburn, salt and pepper, all of these things so that when you decide you're going tailgating, you're ready to go at a moment's notice. And what's a tailgate without good tunes? Now check out the wide variety of Bluetooth compatible speakers that are available out there. They're super powerful and can help get the entire crew pumped for the big game. Now, I only tailgate for Coldplay shows, so that's usually warm weather. (laughs) So I'm just dealing with the sunshine and trying to fight shade. Well, I'll tell you what, the same preparation applies, and we get a chance once in a while here to go to an Eagles game. And I got to tell you, those guys are You guys just went to one. I saw your pictures online. Yeah, yeah, we did. And they they show up at the crack of dawn with these big uh, buses and and, and RVs, and they have these massive parties. And I got to respect those serious fans out there and uh, it's always a good time but uh, it always helps if you are warm it makes the whole process a lot more comfortable i have a friend who rents a porta potty for some like big mets games every summer just rents the porta potty for their tailgating party (laughs) that is pretty serious that's committed well those are some great ideas and today's edition of leslie's last word was presented by jiway safeguard your home and loved ones with the smart security light by maximus lighting the porch light redefined Equipped with two-way talk, high-definition camera, 17-feet motion detection, and a 100-decibel siren alarm. Coming up next time on the program, one of the most unpleasant steps you can take in your home is by setting foot on a cold floor with bare feet. Woo! Oh, that's rough. And it's just one of the reasons adding radiant heat to your floor is a great idea. Not only does it stop that toe shock, it can actually make your entire home more comfortable and cut down on those energy bills. We're going to tell you how to take on that project on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Check out our great selection of garage and utility lighting options in stock, ready to take home today. We carry everything to help you illuminate whatever project you're working on. Shop garage and utility lighting products in store at your nearest Menards. You can also view all of our entire selection of lighting options today on Menards.com. Save big money.